Proponents of baby-led weaning make big claims, including that it will make your child less picky and may even reduce their risk for future obesity. But are these claims actually backed by research or is baby-led weaning just another fad that may not be worth the effort? Hi everyone, welcome to the Parenting Translator newsletter and podcast. I'm Dr. Kara Goodwin, and today I'm going to be giving you the ultimate guide to the research behind baby-led weaning. When I had my first child, I remember being thrilled to start solid food. I had planned to start with vegetable purees and then move to fruit, and I stocked up on everything Gerber had to offer, and I got my iPhone ready to record this big moment. However... Much to my dismay, my baby seemed to hate it and acted like I was torturing her as I directed a spoon toward her mouth. Being a dutiful first-time mom, I reported this to my pediatrician and asked what I should do. It really doesn't seem like she likes baby food, I complained. And my very old-school pediatrician, who had likely never even heard of baby clad weeding, kind of flippantly responded, well, would you eat that stuff? Just feed her real food. I had to admit he had a point. I did my research and I quickly learned everything I could about baby-led weaning. So baby-led weaning is an approach which involves serving infants soft table foods instead of purees. This approach made so much sense to me. And I quickly discovered that it was so much easier because I could simply feed her whatever I was eating, no chopping, mashing, or preparing separate meals for the baby. And I'll never forget when we met up with a group of mothers and babies at the zoo a few months later, and they had all carefully packed a lunch of purees and mashed food for their 11-month-old babies. And while they carefully spoon-fed their babies, I just went to the zoo cafe and bought a Thai chicken wrap and just shared it with my baby. And the other mothers kind of looked on in amazement as she just, you know, was eating this, this chicken wrap and it was so much easier than the other approach. And now, you know, don't get too excited. She ended up becoming your typical super picky toddler. And now even at age seven, still refuses to eat chicken nuggets that seem weird for whatever reason. But I would still wholeheartedly recommend baby led weaning. And I used it with my two other children as well. So proponents of baby led weaning make big claims, including that it will make your child less picky, a more intuitive eater, meaning they follow their own Um, internal feelings of hunger and fullness, and may even reduce their risk for future obesity. But are these claims actually backed by research, or is baby-led weaning just another fad that may not be worth the effort? So first, I want to note that I will use the term traditionally wean to refer to any infants who did not specifically use baby-led weaning. In some research studies, this refers to children who were exclusively spoon-fed, but in others, it's kind of unclear. So this is, of course, a major limitation of this research. So first, what is baby-led weaning? Um, To understand baby-led weaning, it's important to understand the history of what we call baby food. So in the 1920s, the first commercially available baby food began to be sold in stores. And in the 1930s, baby food really took off as the Gerber family started mass-producing cans of baby food. As baby food became increasingly popular, parents started feeding their babies more and more more purees at younger and younger ages. And advertisements by baby food companies convinced parents that commercially produced baby food was superior to homemade food 
and that parents should start giving babies solid food as early as three months. Spoon feeding babies commercially produced baby food and then eventually using the all too convenient pouches that we all know so well was the most common way for introducing solids and feeding a baby in the first year of life for decades. Then in the early 2000s, an approach called baby-led weaning began to be discussed in online parenting forums. It was then popularized by Gil Rapley, a nurse in the United Kingdom. She wrote a popular book in 2005 for parents that really jump-started the whole baby-led weaning movement. Baby-led weaning is an approach for introducing your baby to solid food that involves serving whole pieces of food that the baby picks up and feeds to themselves. Baby-led weaning puts the baby in control of what, when, and how much they eat. Babies are encouraged to explore different textures, tastes, with very little pressure to actually ingest the food. The term itself is a little confusing, so weaning in this case refers to the gradual process of replacing calories from breast milk and formula with calories from solid food. It does not mean that your baby completely weans from breast milk or formula, which are the main sort, the baby's main source of nutrition throughout the first year of life. So how do you practice baby-led weaning safely? So before discussing any research on the advantages and disadvantages of baby-led weaning, it is first important to clarify how to follow this approach safely. So choking is a real concern among infants and toddlers, and it is critically important to always follow the safety rules. So first, you should not start baby-led weaning until your child can sit independently, meaning without support, has excellent head control, and can grab and bring food to their mouth without assistance. For most infants, this is around six months, but it can be as late as eight months. So always consult with your doctor before starting any solid foods. Research finds that providing parents specific instructions on baby-led weaning, a method called the baby-led introduction to solids method, or the BLISS method. Um, I'll refer to it as the BLISS method in the rest of the podcast. So it's B-L-I-S-S. This approach minimizes choking risks and makes sure the baby is getting an adequate nutrient intake. So this is how you do the BLESS approach. So first, test all foods to make sure they are soft enough to mash between your tongue and the roof of your mouth. Second, don't give your baby foods that form a crumb in their mouth, such as dry crackers. Third, only give foods that are at least as long as the child's fists and ideally are shaped like an adult finger. Four, check to make sure the infant is sitting upright and not leaning backwards and is always supervised by an adult while eating. Five, never put food in the baby's mouth or try to pull food out of the baby's mouth. Six, at each meal, offer at least the following three types of food. One, a food that is high in iron. Two, an energy-rich food. And three, a fruit or vegetable. Um, ideally what the rest of the family is eating. Seven, don't offer foods that are choking hazards, such as hot dogs, whole grapes, raw vegetables, nuts, popcorns, or food in a coin shape. Examples of safe foods for baby-led weaning include avocado, banana, scrambled eggs, steamed green beans, um, or fish without bones. So does baby-led weaning make children less picky? So supporters of baby-led weaning claim that it helps children to be less picky because it introduces babies to a wider variety of tastes and textures at a younger age. But the research is mixed as to whether it actually does. So one observational study found no difference in food preferences between baby-led weaning 
and traditionally weaned groups. But another parent survey reported that baby-led weaning infants were less picky and showed more enjoyment of food. When the researchers controlled for important variables, such as the duration of breastfeeding and the age of starting solids, this relationship got stronger. The study also found that parents of baby-led weaning infants were more likely to offer vegetables as the baby's first food. Another study reported that baby-led weaning infants most preferred food as a toddler and young child was carbohydrates, such as bread and pasta, while traditionally weaned infants' most preferred food was sweet food, such as dessert. So the studies described above are all correlational studies, meaning they only look at associations between baby-led weaning and food preferences. So we don't know whether baby-led weaning actually causes these differences. But we do have a randomized controlled trial of the BLISS method that I described above. So this is a particular method for baby-led weaning. And this study found that the BLISS method um, did result in less pickiness and greater enjoyment of food at 12 months. We also know from other lines of research that children's early exposure to food does influence later food preferences. So an experimental study found that 12-month-old infants were more likely to eat chopped carrots if they had been exposed to chopped foods versus only purees. Um, Because we would like children to eventually eat chopped vegetables rather than exclusively purees, it makes sense that exposing them to these textures may be helpful. Research also suggests that parents should expose infants to more complex textures from an early age. So one really interesting study found that children who were introduced to lumpy foods, meaning more solid foods, after the age of nine months were pickier and ate fewer food types and had more feeding problems at age seven. So it's important to know that whether you choose baby led weaning or spoon feeding, a low pressure attitude and allowing your child to have some control over eating, um, which you can do even when you're feeding them, is helpful. So research finds that pressuring children to eat will likely have the opposite effect. So more pressure from adults usually means more picky eating. So the translation here is we do have some evidence that baby led weaning makes infants less picky, but it's unclear how strictly parents have to follow baby led weaning to achieve this outcome. We also have evidence that offering your baby a variety of tastes and textures and providing a low pressure environment may reduce pickiness, so you can adopt these approaches whether using baby-led weaning or traditional weaning methods. So does baby-led weaning help children to learn how to regulate their own eating and develop a healthier relationship with food? So supporters of baby-led weaning believe that a key benefit is that it teaches children how to regulate their own eating and become aware and respond to their own feelings of hunger and fullness because it puts the control of eating in the hands, literally, of the baby. And supporters argue that learning how to regulate and have control over your own eating may be linked to a healthier relationship with food and lower risk for obesity. So correlational research suggests that baby-led weaning is associated with a lower BMI and a reduced risk for obesity. However, it's important to note that BMI may not be the best measure of a healthy body size, and it's not recommended for clinical use for children under two years. We also have two randomized controlled trials that address this issue. First, a randomized controlled trial of the BLISS method found that baby-led weaning infants weighed less at 12 months and were less likely to be overweight. 
Another randomized controlled trial found no difference in BMI at 12 and 24 months. However, this study found that baby-led weaning infants at 24 months were actually less what they called um, responsive to their own feelings of hunger and fullness. So this is an important skill that baby-led weaning advocates believe that it teaches, but it doesn't seem to be teaching that skill in this study. So the overall translation here is research is mixed as to whether baby-led weaning affects infants' ability to regulate their own eating or maintain a healthy weight, or even if it encourages parents to be less controlling of their child's eating. However, research does suggest that parents should not control their child's eating or pressuring them to eat, regardless of whether you choose baby-led weaning or traditional weaning. Does baby-led weaning improve family mealtime? So advocates for baby-led weaning believe that it allows infants to participate in family meals, a practice that has been linked to healthier eating habits, improved health, and advanced social-emotional skills in research. But does this actually work in practice? So research finds that families practicing baby-led weaning are more likely to eat together, and they are more likely to eat the same food as the rest of the family. Unfortunately, research does not find any evidence that baby-led weaning improves the rest of the family's eating style or diet when evaluating total energy or key nutrients. So translation here, research finds that families who use baby-led weaning are more likely to eat meals together, yet it may not improve the overall nutrition of the family. Does baby-led weaning increase the risk of choking? So this is a very important question. A criticism of the baby-led weaning approach and a common concern among parents is that it may increase choking rates. However, research consistently finds no difference in choking between baby-led weaning and traditional weaning groups. A randomized controlled trial found that infants randomly assigned to the BLISS method did not show any differences in choking. The baby-led weaning infants did gag more frequently at six months. Remember, gagging is harmless, um, but can be scary as a parent. But then they gagged less frequently at eight months. So the bliss approach does seem to reduce choking when compared to the unmodified baby-led weaning um, approach. So to practice this approach, remember to test the softness of your baby's food by smashing it on the roof of your mouth with your tongue. Make sure baby is upright and supervised and avoid giving foods that form a crumb or are a choking hazard. So the translation here is we have no evidence that baby-led weaning increases the risk of choking, and this is particularly true if parents are using the BLISS method. So does baby-led weaning provide enough calories and nutrients? So critics of the baby-led weaning approach have argued that infants do not get enough calories or important nutrients. So first, research, including a randomized controlled trial of the BLISS method, finds that the overall calorie intake is similar between baby-led and traditionally weaned infants. Iron intake in particular may be of concern because breastfeeding alone does not provide babies six months and older with sufficient iron, so additional iron is needed in solid food. However, a randomized controlled trial found that infants randomly assigned to baby-led weaning the baby-led weaning approach that promotes eating iron-rich food, this is the BLISS method, did show adequate iron intake and did not show any differences in iron intake when compared to traditionally weaned infants. So parents can follow this approach by offering an iron-rich food at every meal. Examples of iron-rich food include scrambled eggs, minced beef, hummus, 
um, soft foods like avocado rolled in fortified oats or cereal and sauteed spinach. Um, in terms of other nutrients, a randomized controlled trial of the Bliss approach found that baby-led weaning infants ate more fat and sodium, but found no difference in other important nutrients such as calcium, vitamin C, vitamin B12, protein, or fiber. So the translation here is that um, infants who practice baby-led weaning get similar amounts of calories and nutrients as infants who follow traditional weaning approaches, particularly when using the Bliss approach. So limitations of this research. So it's very important to mention that the research on baby-led weaning may be limited. So most of the research is correlational, and we know that the parents who choose baby-led weaning are different from the parents who don't. Um, however, we do have some high-quality randomized controlled trials on this method. Um, another limitation is that parents do not strictly stick to one feeding method. Many parents may use some combination of baby-led weaning and purees, and it's hard to really look at that in the research. Um, there are also many factors related to baby-led weaning that are not studied by research. So, for example, from my experience, baby-led weaning provides important benefits such as being hands-free while your baby eats and only having to prepare one meal for the whole family. However, traditional weaning also provides other benefits like the convenience of store-bought purees and pouches. And honestly, it is usually less messy than baby-led weaning. So what's the overall translation here? There is some evidence that baby-led weaning may reduce pickiness and expose children to new textures. However, we don't have evidence yet that it helps children to regulate their eating or make parents less controlling over their children's eating. There's also some evidence that baby-led weaning may be related to more family meals, but no evidence that is related to improved nutrition for the baby or the family. Um, following a modified baby-led weaning approach called the BLISS method may help families to provide adequate calorie and nutritional intake, as well as reduce choking risks. So remember, you can follow the BLISS method by testing all baby food to make sure it's soft enough, avoiding foods that form a crumb in the baby's mouth or are common choking hazards, not putting food in a baby's mouth, offering food at least as long as the child's fist, making sure the baby is upright and supervised, always offering iron-rich food and an energy-rich food with every meal. Finally, regardless of whether you choose baby-led weaning or traditional weaning, the research does provide some important takeaways for how to approach starting solids. So one, allow your child to be in control of what, when they eat, when they stop, and how much they eat. If you are feeding them, you can still be responsive to their cues. Encourage children to be responsive to their own internal cues rather than your sense of whether they have eaten, quote unquote, enough. Three, do not reward your child for eating or encourage them to eat more. And finally, make sure to expose your child to a variety of textures and tastes. Um, research finds that more fruit and vegetable exposure when introducing solid food is associated with later consumption in childhood. So we wanna make sure we are introducing our children to lots of different tastes and textures. Thank you so much for listening to this ultimate guide to baby led weaning and make sure you tune in next week for more research back tips for parents.
Parenting Translator is a nonprofit organization, so all of these podcasts and the information they provide are given to you for free. If you would like to support our work, please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review it. Thank you so much.